Okay, wait, I'm recording now. I'm recording. Yep, I'm recording. Just started. Okay, hang on. Okay, so for anyone who's listening to this, we literally recorded probably 20 minutes of, of pre-roll audio, and we were like, you know what? We're just really not feeling this, and so we've decided the only way we're going to save this show is if we all just do a shot of bourbon. So, <laughs> um... We're now lining up. For me, it's 9.57 in the goddamn morning. Uh, the Sydney-bound friends, at least it's nearly noon. Um, yeah. Here we are. I've got my maker's mark. Uh, what are you guys drinking? Um, we're all going to smash a little Johnny Walker red label. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've a got a Budweiser scoop. chaser to turn it into a proper little boiler maker. Shout out to okay. Alabama Song back in Perth. Uh, the best bar in the world. Uh, Grace's favourite bar. Everybody knows that. Oh, uh, and G's got, got a little Orchard Crush. No, I'm not. Oh, I thought you said you were going to do a shot with us. No, I'm going to... Grace, you do a boiler maker. Cider. Are you going to skull, what, you gonna skull a the cider? whole bottle? Fuck yes. <laughs> fuck yes. Oh, fuck. Somebody film this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally, bang on midday, we're all going to do a shot while Grace skulls a cider. I prefer Grace, to skull a cider. shotguns. Shotguns a cider. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I hope somebody's filming this for the Insta. I'm about to. Yeah. Are we actually going to wait for Bang on Midday or are we just going to do it? Yeah, we're going to wait for Bang on Midday because it's going to be <laughs> Okay, hilarious. so that's a, a minute we, and five seconds. That's going to be Bang on 10am so like, for me. Shot, shot. Oh, my hair's no good. Okay, I'll be the cameraman. You two are in it. You and the caption stylish, is, um, it's all good. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hashtag yeah. mum wines. Uh, in, what is it, like plus? 50 seconds. Oh, shit. Okay, hang on. Who am I filming first? Am I gonna? I'll cheers well, you into the shot, okay. and then I'll pan over to you. Just start sculling when we do the shot, and I'll pan to you mid skull. All okay. right. Okay. Just to recap, we're trying to resurrect the show from the ashes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In thirty seconds. In thirty seconds, 30 we're gonna seconds. do it. We're gonna have to cheers here, okay? Because otherwise, oh dear lord! I can't remember the last time I sculled I'll okay. cheers my microphone so you guys uh, yeah, can yeah. hear it. Oh, let's cheers the microphone. No, let's cheers the glasses. Yeah. It's got to be a better yeah, sound. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Yeah, we'll sound better. I'll, I'll cheers. You know, I'll pick up the mug I drank my coffee out of this morning and cheers okay. that in front of the how, how far off are we? How far off are we? Um, uh, I'm, five, I'm... four, five, four okay, three, okay, two, one. Noon! Noon! noon. <laughs> and when I said noon, I definitely meant 10 a.m. <laughs> Man, Gracie is just putting this side of the bed and she looks so yeah, upset about it. You've got it, Grace. You've got it. You've got it. Here, moral support. Moral support. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. That uh, that midday scotch has really gone down a tree. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, we're we're going to get a very precise timer here. Grace has gone to throw up at the This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and 
welcome back to HGW Laid. I spent about five minutes right after I woke up this morning trying to decide on the theme for the intro, and here's what I've landed on. It's festival season, so here we are. I'm wearing my tiny little stringlet, and I'm in the mosh pit. It's me, your dungeon master, Ben McAllister. What up? Uh, reporting to you live from Hawkeye Summer, it's Jackson Newsom. Oh, nice. I also just, like, smashed some bud as I'm Johnny Walker, so I'm the, the most frat boy I've been at that kind of day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very while. Good, very good. <laughs> and I'm Thomas, woke up in somebody else's tent, Owen. hey oh. <laughs> And not in a fun tent. way. <laughs> oh, no. A medical tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In the paramedic's tent. But, like, where they sleep, not yeah. even, like... <laughs> and uh, I'm sipping a cup of tea... Old lady Grace Chapel never went to a festival and doesn't have anything to share. Yeah. Like you, oh, like you didn't no. been to a festival? I never went to a sleepover one. Holy shit. I know. <laughs> oh, we've That's gone right. too far. You we spent so much time wondering if we could perk up yeah. tea. We didn't stop thinking yeah. about if we should. We've made him too powerful. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> I had swallowed all that beer. I just laughed so hard that beer came back from halfway down my throat. It wasn't from my stomach. It brought no acid with it. It was halfway down my throat. And I laughed so hard it came out fresh, clean beer. Oh, I just it up. drank it out of he my hand it. like it was He drinks the milkshake. He drinks it up. Oh, my God. Uh, you have a bit more. Now that we know we can't use any of that audio, how about we make some audio we can use, and the audience gets a little bit of a recap. When we last left our heroes, they had departed Hastings and were making their way to rendezvous with their friends, Garrick, Andrea, Alvar, and Elena. After scoping out the treasures that they'd acquired in the Temple of Silence, the party arrived at Espera, the new home base for their operation. The group reunited and shared what they'd all learned, including the probable location of the Temple of Sky. Just as the group learned that Maleficus was making his way to the Crucible, an ancient Sine location deep in contested territory, for reasons that were unclear to them, the meeting was cut short by the arrival of a large force of the King's soldiers laying siege to Espera from the road. That brings us to right now. So we come in on our three heroes and Garrick and Andrea standing on the sort of makeshift ramparts out the front of Aspera, looking down at this approaching force of black-clad soldiers. There's wagons, um, which are covered and you can't see what's inside them. There are horse-mounted soldiers and there are foot-mounted soldiers. Uh, and they're, they're winding up this treacherous mountain path towards the makeshift gate that Garrick has constructed. You've got probably... I don't know, 45 seconds until the front lines of them arrive at the gates. What do you think you guys are doing with this time? Now, I will say, uh, before you dive in, at the front of the procession on a white horse is a unhelmeted middle-aged man who is riding at the front of this column. What's he look like? Give me an actor. Uh, he looks like um, <laughs> Charles Dance. Dead. Oh! Who? Child, uh, Tywin Lannister. Lannister. Not in season one. 
Boo. Um, Wait, is he the Daddy Lannister? Daddy yeah. Lannister. Yeah, he's in season one. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, Lord of the Dance. Yeah, yeah that's right. He, got, he guts that I stag. I am the Lord of the Dance. Said <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, he so can't. Charles Dance is writing up. Maybe maybe just so we combine all of the hot Game of Thrones dads, he looks like a cross between Charles Dance so and um, Ian, Ian Glenn. There's a bit of, bit of Roose Bolton going on as well. Okay, you just said all of the Game of Thrones hot dads, but yeah, I mean, like, Roose Bolton would be one. Yeah. Ned Stark Flaming is a kind dad. of a hot dad. Yeah. Carl Drogo, hot old dance, enough to be a dad, nearly is a dad. Hey, guys, we have to go on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what are we, sorry. sorry what, are we, what, are we, what, are, what are we doing? Are you guys just like waiting for this column to approach? I think as they do, um, if as you guys are getting ready, maybe like Garrick and Andrea take up position on a couple of ballistae that are like sort of hastily been constructed on like either side of the walls and they point them down and Garrick says, I think we should hold till they're a bit closer. Because I know Andrea discussed getting the refugees to the obelisk. Is anybody doing that now? Uh, well, no, because you guys are the only ones with pieces and none of you are doing that. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, do we have any spare pieces? <laughs> Duncan says, do we have any spare you pieces? You do, actually. Yeah, we do. We put the one in the um, Dakota ring. You've got the one that is in the um, necklace that Drazilia is wearing, and you've got the one that's in the arcane amplifier that turns all of your plus one weapons into plus two weapons. Is it possible to evacuate? Maybe some of us hold them off, and some of us get start getting people out. Andrea pipes up and says... There's going to be no way to get everyone out of the obelisk if we just all turn tail and run. At least some of us are going to have to hold them off. And she tightens her grip on the ballista in front of her and says, I'm feeling pretty good about this thing here. I think Jody Whipley chimes up. I, I, I cannot abandon this place if lives are going to be... I ran once and I have questioned that decision pretty much for every day since. I... We have to stay. We have to save as many people as we can. That's what we do. How quickly can you climb a wall? I mean, I, I can just run, run vertically. Like, there's no real thing. <laughs> I mean, like a hundred yards in like a hundred feet in like six seconds. I don't Let's know. Let's get this gate open. You and me at the front of it. When we can't fight him anymore, I blink through with my cloak. You climb up over and we go join him in the obelisk thing. Drazi, you can light him up from up top. They're like at the gate. As that is happening... The column that is approaching the gate, as this discussion is occurring, stops. And the handsome dad, Charles Dance motherfucker, demounts from his horse and stands on the ground, maybe 50 feet away from the front of the gate. And he starts yelling up at you. I don't see why this affair needs to come to bloodshed. Perhaps you'll hear me out. I'm here under orders to retrieve three sparkling gemstones. There need be no bloodshed if those sparkling gemstones find their way down here to my men now. Duncan, over the uh, comm system. Oh, actually, no, they might have the ears, eh? Uh, Duncan just whispers. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Old school. Well, this is an easy way to get that exact plan started. We'll bring him out to you. Stay where you are. Oh, wow. Duncan, one of us needs to go to the obelisk. They can't operate it without a stone. Give Garrick a stone. Send him to the obelisk. Get everyone headed through. You stay up here. Start lining them up as soon as we draw swords. Garrick 
uh, who can presumably hear you guys from within earshot, he says, And how do you know they won't come right behind you through the obelisk? Is there a transport tube waiting down there on the website of the, the obelisk here? Is there a transport tube there? I thought you guys crashed it through here on your way here. I mean, there were multiple tubes. We, we just crashed one of them. Yeah, but you crashed the one of them into this obelisk, like, to crash through into the basement of this floor, if you recall. Like, you'll, you'll, basically what he's saying is, like, you'll get through the obelisk and you'll be in the web, no worries, but, like, you'll just be on foot in the web then. And, like, you, you'll find another tube eventually, presumably, but there's not one, like, there. And if you're trying to make a fast break, like, I guess is his question. I think, yeah, Duncan and I can go there and hold our own as, as long as we can. And then, can you, your, your, your magical cape, does it... I'll blink back. Is it... For solo use, or... Didn't you go through it before? Yeah, you can take yeah. Jazzy with you, for sure. Oh, sorry, um, or, tra- a flat, or Jody. Yeah, 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 Jody with you, for sure. So we can, we can head down, we can fight, try and hold them as long as we can, mm. and we will hold them as long as we can, and then when it is at its most dire, we will head back and start heading towards Obelisk. If we don't make it, then so be it. Look, while I love Garrick, as do both of you, can he really defend a piece? Oh, pretty huge. I <laughs> mean... The, the um, man down at the, the ground, having heard, like, a vague response and then no movement, says, Very well, um, I must say, that was simpler than I thought it would be. We will, get, we will allow you five minutes to get your affairs in order and bring us the pieces before we storm the gate. And then he just kind of, like, motions to the army behind him, and they all just kind of, like, like, plant their, like, spears in the ground, and they're just, like, standing there in, like, holding formation. You could always escort them, Drazi. We can hold them a lot longer. But if I, you stay. I mean, I have the area of effect. It's, it's true, of course. But the, I just simply mean if you're concerned. I, look, I, I can put my faith in Garrick and Andrea. They are not... I have faith that if push come to shove, they would give everything to protect these people. One piece doesn't win or lose. It could save all those people's lives. At this point, everyone who has a sending stone on them, which I believe includes the three of you, and and we'll assume, by the way, that like you guys ran up to the walls and Chiron and Alvar started basically marshalling the refugees like down into the, the sort of grand hall. So you can assume anyone else who has one. So I guess that's Alvar, certainly Garrick, um, gets a message through their sending stone from a voice that seems a little bit familiar but it's a voice that you've only ever heard before crackling through like a large amount of static. It's the voice that you heard first when you put on the first barber chair helmet that you found in the Temple of Siege, Vasilia. And it's the voice that you had a brief conversation with in the Temple of Silence. Except now it's talking to all of you through your sending stones. And it says... I don't know how secure this line is and I don't know how long we've got, but you guys need to get out of there. They're not coming for the people. They're not coming for the refugees. They're coming for the pieces and you can't let them get them. Wait, sorry, what was that? And then she turns and uh, you, you hear like mumbling, almost like off mic, like in, in, the, in the background. And then she gets back on mic and she says, Jody, if you want to defend Espera, your best chance is to make them know the pieces have left Espera. And then she says, If you're going to go to the web, you're going to need transportation. Um, if you can hold them for 
Five minutes, I can get you a tube. I don't know whether they heard all that. Good luck. Okay. Do you think Jody reacts to that? Yeah, I think he, I mean, like, in a sort of silent sort of way, yeah. I think, um, well, I think he's, like, really torn, right? This is, like, the site of his, like, greatest trauma, and then he, like, blames the deaths of his friends on him running that day and not trying to fight. And so I guess there's, like, a rational part of him that can see that, like, the overall goal is best led by him fleeing and, like, running with everyone. But also, like... <laughs> He's quite ready to jump off, like, these gates and, like, fight to the end. Garrick pipes up with a whisper and says, Uh, am I to assume that you guys all heard that as well? Because <laughs> he's holding a sending stone and he says, What the fuck was that? Was that that elver voice that you were talking about when we were meeting before? I don't- are we on a- we might not be on a first name basis, but- Presumably, yes. Yeah, Elva. She introduced Elver. herself as Elva last time you spoke to her. Right, right. And then okay. When we had the meeting, <laughs> you guys found out. Garrick has a better memory than us. Yeah, it's stressful, okay? Um, yeah, well, you guys have just had the meeting. Garrick's just heard about it. So <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait, we were just talking about Elva talking to you through that helmet thing. Yeah. All right, well, do you want to describe the plan then, Droz? Um, I will take the pieces to the web. I will take Garrick. the piece. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the ring. Garrick, do you want to stay and fight or come with me? I'm wherever you need me. If we get, if they can provide transportation, it's not going to be enough for everyone. They need to get them over now, all of them, through the obelisk straight away and on their way. And where do you want me to encounter? Go with them. Get them to safety. Or, hang on. Intelligence 8, Jazzy is just going to pop up with an idea here. I love it. We could use the pieces to draw them away from the refugees. We don't all have to go in the same direction. Do we think the necklace that you have, Draz, do you think, could we operate that? We saw... The way Valeria did. The way Valeria did, the way Esme did. Okay, I love that you guys are now talking about this because I gave you this necklace and at no point on mic has anybody <laughs> twigged that it's the same kind of necklace with a piece <laughs> in it that Valeria and Esme are both wearing when you see them disappear at other points in the past. I mean, yeah. did you basically tell us that on mic? Oh, no, I said it was the same kind of necklace, but not like... And then we never talked about the, the probable teleportation powers that it has. Oh, right. My concern is retribution. My concern is that if we abandon these people and try to flee the pieces, they're just going to come back and raise mm. Espera because they can. I think they should still evacuate, yeah. but potentially we head them off in the other direction and then put our faith in that necklace and see if we can escape that way. My concern is in doing that, we run the risk of handing them every piece that we have. But, I mean, hey, there were a million other times it could have died and then it would have been over anyway. So <laughs> when you think about it, it's sort of similar stakes. Yeah. We're burning time. Let's get all the refugees through the obelisk and on their way. We'll wait five minutes since he's given them to us. Then... We'll uh, a few off. of those minutes are burned, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Garrick, get to the obelisk, start getting people through. Here, take this, and she gives him the arcane amplifier. Just the pace, right? Yep. And what about Andrea? And Andrea pipes up and says, I'll be fine, Garrick. Go with him. She looks at you quizzically. We're not looking to win this. Just get out of here. 
she looks at you hard for a minute and says, You saved my people once before. I trust you. Godspeed. And she gets off the ballista and her and Garrick um, quickly start hustling down towards the Great Hall where the refugees are uh, with the one piece for the Arcane Amplifier. And he says, If we get separated, where should we meet up? It's a really good question, actually. <laughs> where was like the places that we still thought there might be one? Was there still an idea of... There's one temple left that has been uh, identified that you guys were like verging in on pretty sure was the last temple. Not to mention yeah. when you spoke to Elva on the headpiece before, she said, I'm heading to the last temple. Um, was that the one in the like, where, mountains? Where? Yeah, the Temple, the of, temple Sky. of Sky. It was in the northern, yeah. northern mountains. You didn't have an exact location, but like on the map, there was like a, a position like circled and it was like it's somewhere around here. Sure, but the, surely the refugees, we can't take them to the temple. That would be foolhardy, no? But maybe somewhere near it. I guess, yeah. Maybe we, we head towards there. We can try and hide the refugees somewhere in the mountains. They could take them to Hastings. They huh. just lost a bunch of people from their town. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, do you know that, though? You probably think that everyone's still there, right? No, but in the war. Oh, no, they died. <laughs> people died. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, Hastings I mean, isn't maybe, a bad idea. Yeah. What, refugees to Hastings and then we head north? Yeah. It Go means, you it means missing Garak again, and it means not having a piece on us. But, I mean, headed north might take us past Hastings. But, like, this all rides on this necklace working mm. as a teleport. <laughs> Garak says, uh, we need to make a decision and fast because, um, and he cocks his thumb down in the direction of the army that's standing there at the gates. And you see, they haven't started advancing yet, but they are parting as a black wagon is approaching the front line. Garrick, take everyone to Hastings now, through the web. We will try to meet up with you. If we do not, we do not. We'll, we'll stay in contact, but Hastings is the place to go. Garrick quickly comes over and grabs all of you by the arms, like one after another, in a firm handshake, and says, Off again so soon, hey? Well... Good luck. Hopefully I'll meet up with you in the end game. And uh, then he and Andrea turn and like start hoofing it down off the side of the ramparts down towards the Great Hall to head down to the obelisk to get the refugees through. I guess we'll have to find our way to Hastings. Um, we can assume that you kind of discussed where you went with him on the map. And he's like, we'll, we'll just do our best, all right? So, all right, so they, they hustle off, and now you three are alone, standing on the ramparts of Espera, looking down as this black wagon rolls up on the front line. And you see the Charles Dance-looking motherfucker turn around and look, like, a little bit startled that this wagon is here. The front door of the wagon opens, and out storm 12 pikemen, who quickly form up a circle with their pikes all pointing inwards on a currently empty piece of ground. And then... Walking out of the wagon and occupying a position in that circle is a familiar face. It's Esme. And she's not alone. She has, with a knife to his throat, a young man who, well, at least Drasilia spent a fair amount of time studying and trying to determine whether or not he was handsome. <gasps> it's Marcus. The half-elf that you guys abandoned <laughs> back in Corin on your first trip to meet Garrick and Alvar, where he was promptly captured by the king's forces. Now, did Drasilia ever determine whether or not he was handsome? Because that's going to heavily influence her response. <laughs> give, me, give me another perception check here, all of you, to determine whether or not he's handsome. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. 
22. 20. 11. <laughs> uh, I think Jody and Drazi definitely think he's handsome as shit. And Whoa. DK thinks he's just kind of okay looking. Can I take a persuasion check to try and talk them around to the fact that he's not handsome? <laughs> <laughs> yes, do it. And very expendable. <laughs> Well, that's a one. Oh, so think that's even hotter now. And they're just jealous. Yeah, and now they just think TK's jealous. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not that hot. Come on. Jeez. I sound like Star-Lord when they find Thor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and funnily enough, he does look like Thor. He looks like Chris Hemsworth. Oh, shit. No wonder Druzzy rolled what you rolled. Uh, <laughs> all right. How far away are they from us? 50 feet. But before that happens, I just want to paint a picture for you. Because Esme looks different to the last couple of times you've seen her. Her her hair is kind of wild and untamed, and she has this blazing near madness in her eyes. She sees the three of you lined up on the ramparts, and she yells, Well, what's taking you so long? Get on with it! And she's holding a knife to Marcus's throat, and she says, Zuko's sister. Yeah. Yeah, think think Azula vibes. She's she's feeling late late Airbender Azula vibes. Does anyone say anything in response to her? Get on with it. Are there any secret ways out of here? That's a yeah, good question. Would, jo- would Jody know of any secret ways out of the out of Esper? Um, well, it's kind of like up on this winding mountain path, and then it's like I think we established it's like pretty sheer cliffs on either side of it, um, that lead down to the sea. Jody might know, like, a side of those sheer cliffs that are easier to, like, kind of hike down. I think I think I, I think I I bring up the cliffs, sort of pointing or like sort of gesturing towards the one which I know better, and basically just gonna, like, perhaps we make a show of heading towards those cliffs, okay. and then once they surround us, we can try and. Sounds like exactly the choke point we need. As you guys are arguing about what to do, what, she we, arguing? we weren't arguing. <laughs> no, no, okay. discussing. Sorry about what to do. She starts yelling and she says, "If you think I'm gonna fall for your bullshit again, you've got another thing coming." Look, and then she takes a deep breath. And you can see her hand is kind of trembling. And she says, I'm going to level with you guys. If he tries to carry out what he's trying to carry out now without all the pieces, without every single one of them, it's going to be bad for everyone. I tried to talk him out of it, but that wasn't a good idea. So just give me the pieces, okay? Just give me the pieces and we can just put an end to this whole thing. Here, here, your friend Marcus, he'll tell you. He'll tell you what you need to do. And she like... Quick counter offer, Esme. He's not our friend. And where is the guy? We'll talk him out of it. Tom! (laughs) She says, oh yeah, I know how you treat your friends. I haven't forgotten the Temple of Sea. You think you're so much better than me. You think you're so much better than him. But you'd do anything to get your way, just like him. She says, you've got 30 seconds, motherfuckers! Marcus, tell them what they need to hear! And she, like, pushes Marcus forward. And Marcus looks up at you all, standing on the parapets. And he just says, Run. And Esme very quickly stabs him through the back (gasps) of the throat. You see blood gurgle out of his mouth as he falls to his knees in front of her. And she says, Kill them all! And the army starts advancing on the walls. What do the three of you do? (laughs) 
Hello, it's me, your friendly birthday boy and dungeon master, Big B. First of all, apologies that this episode is late. As I said, it's currently my birthday, and I'm also sort of on a working vacation at the moment, so I was a little bit delayed. Anyway, thank you for sticking with us. We sincerely appreciate it, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Um, you probably heard in the first half there, there was like a short period where we had a bit of a technical glitch. I edited out all of the like ruined audio that I could, but I think there was about like five or six seconds of it left, so there's no more of that coming, don't worry. Um, I will also just highlight now that the next episode is probably also going to be a day or two late. Sorry about that. I'm going to be in China on the regular release date and I'm not going to have access to reliable internet that's not behind a firewall to upload the show. But it'll only be a day or two late because I'll be back in Australia after, so don't worry. Um, Oh, one more thing. Our art contest is still running all through August. Any art related to the show at all, submit it via whatever social media channel you prefer and the best piece selected by us will either get a $50 Visa gift card or $50 worth of D&D shit whichever you'd prefer up to you anyway being as we're late I won't take up any more of your time thanks as always for listening enjoy the rest of the show fireball them I don't know my plan was to teleport away blow them the fuck up straight on heads mate do it now Drazilia casts disintegrate on Esme <laughs> okay, I think after the stabbing and that, Esme starts like running back towards her wagon, but you get a chance to hit her with this disintegrate. And the army's advancing laws. We'll have this disintegrate, then we'll roll initiative, and then we're gonna get into the action of how you guys deal with this situation. Um Esme's like kind of half jogging back to her wagon with the blood of the deceased Marcus uh, on her shoes. And she's gonna take what, a constitution saving throw? I have no idea. <laughs> Disintegrate. Hey guys, how about all of that tense narrative standoff? Now, this is that HW Lane style where we're gonna read the rules for a few minutes. (laughs) Dexterity Uh, save. Dexterity save. Okay, she rolled a flat 19. I'm gonna assume that beats your shit, which means she's gonna take half the damage. It does. Yep. Alright. Give me that 10d6 plus 40 and then half it. A creature target by this spell must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the target takes to do it. It's damage. It's a light. 18. I don't think it takes any damage. Oh, really? oh shit, if it passes the save, it takes no damage? Oh, okay. So I, I love this. This is building up that um BBEG plot armor shit. She, like, you, like, you point this disintegrate at her, and, like, at the last minute, she, like, hops over this green ray as she jumps into her wagon, and then, like, the fucking door on it closes, and her wagon actually starts trundling away in the opposite direction. She doesn't even need to fucking be... Fucking Trinda betrays us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you see Trinda at the front of the wagon, and she flips you all off, and she's like, motherfucker! <laughs> Um, yeah, but Esme's trundling back through the approaching lines. Can I get an initiative from all of you guys just to see, like, you know, in an abstract sense how this is going to play out? Oh my god. I rolled a oh natural my- one. Oh my god, me too. 18. The army rolled a natural 20. So, I think I think the army floods the gates, then it's going to be Duncan, then, like, it's going to be the two of you guys. So, like, the army rushes the gates. They're at the gate. They've started, like, hacking at it and beating at but it. have they started so, hacking at it if they were 50 feet away and they have to dash and then have no action? Some of, them are on, just... some of them are on horses. The ones that are on horses are hacking at the gate. The ones that aren't on horses are now just, like, standing at the walls, like, about to mount ladders, and it's DK's turn. What do you do? Uh, remind me again how many of them are, there are? About 200. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I now am confused about what we're meant to understand about how 
long has passed and how safe the refugees are. Are we? Do we need to fight a bit to like help save? Like our first objective is to like helping the refugees get away safe, and then we're going to try and teleport the fuck out of here. So how far are we into yeah. them being safe? Um, if DK looked down into the great court, uh, he would see that everyone who was assembled there is, is now gone. They've all moved into the great hall. And you know from experience that it's just like from the great hall, it's just a staircase down to the obelisk. So like they've moved at least out of the like courtyard, which the gate is protecting. Um, I think Duncan heads down whatever like stairs or ladders there are to get away from the battlement. Yep. Down into the courtyard on the inside uh-huh. of the gate. Very good. Uh, whilst saying... Come down here. We wait. Let them take as long as it takes them to get through the gate. When they're through the gate, we teleport to the other side of them so they reckon we're headed that way. And we fuck off after we get their attention. So we use your cloak to get on the other side and then the necklace to try and get further away? Yeah, maybe. I love that. I love that combined strat. That's a very good scene. Um, Uh, Cloak can't take all of us. Well, I guess, is that your turn? You're running down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess if you're doing that, Jody's like, I can meet you on the other side, and then just, like, leaps off the battlements down into the fray. Because <laughs> you better believe this boy has sanctuary on him, so they're going to they're gonna have to pass a wisdom save before they can even try and touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that! Jody's oh just going to, like, weave his way through the battle. I love it. Okay, so yeah. that was Duncan's initiative, was, like, dashing down the ladder and, like, taking up a defensive position inside the doorway. Yeah. Um, I like I, that. Oh, I might wait, like, just behind the gate, so that if they put, like, a hole in it, mm. I can, like, cut arms off if they try and reach through and nice. shit like that. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, Mine's nice a Moria too. vibe. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's They've got a cave troll, etc. Yeah. I'll throw yeah. axes through. You know, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Big, big stuff. I'm Gimli. It's like the fellowship isn't there. I'm Gimli. It's the mine's yeah. um, So I guess, yeah, for, for my initiative, yeah, Jody's jumping off, and then I'm going to be using a key point to have uh, disengage, uh, to have dodge active, basically. Okay, I love that. Okay, so you've got dodge and you've got sanctuary on, and you're just trying to like weave through the crowd, like not engaging. Yeah, basically, I'm trying to like run through the army. Um, okay. I like to get that. to the other side of them. I think that creates a bit of a distraction, and I'm going to give them, like, like disadvantage on their attacks on the gate, because, like, half of them are, like, peeling off trying to, like, see if they need to engage with Jody, and half of them are, like, trying to attack the gate. Uh, and then it's Juzzy's turn. What does Juzzy do? Um, can I get down in my movement? Yep, you can get down, not over to where Duncan is, but you can get down the ladders. Um, you could also... You could roast some. Yeah, some fucking boiling oil from the top of the balance in the form of fireballs. I was wondering about barricading. If that would give us more time. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we have anything handy. I don't know what's around. Is there anything big and chunky in the courtyard? Well, I mean, it's still calm. <laughs> you used the thick lad to try and barricade the door. Um, Toss me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, big and chunky. Uh, not that you're going to be able to go over and get and get back within six seconds and like put in front no, of No, I have telekinesis. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, there'd be like... A little wagon. Like, how heavy? What is it? Trailer weigh? A couple hundred kilos? Yeah, probably like 300 kilos. Alright, I cast telekinesis on the cart and move it um, just behind the gate. Nice, okay, you fucking pick it up and like slam it into the back of the gate and it like fucking holds it further shut. Nice, okay, now it's the army's turn. The half of them that are going to try and like attack Jody on his way through are going to take their wisdom saving throws, and I'm assuming that 12 is not going to do it. That's not good. (laughs) the other half of them that are going to barricade the gate are going to, with disadvantage, try and attack the gate, because now there's only half as many of them. And with disadvantage, that still is going to hit the gate, and you would definitely see like a few fucking holes get... 
yeah, a few little holes get, like, blasted in the gate. A few, like, arms and axes start coming through, just as you uh, were hoping for, DK. But because it's been reinforced by that little cart, it can't um, actually break through in this instance. Now we're back around to DK. What are you doing? You got a few arms sticking through the gate here. I start hacking them off. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Take as many attack rolls as you have. I think it's, what, three at this point? Uh, yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, like, over 20 to hit, uh, 16 to hit, and, uh, 14 to hit. Okay, I think DK lops off two arms <laughs> just sticking through the gate, and you quickly hear, like, screams, and, like, the army, like, recoils a little bit in horror, but there's still, you know, like, a few arms and spears and axes hitting at the gate. Uh, now it's Jody and Drazilia's turns, doesn't matter what order in. I guess Jody goes first, because of the decks. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you do, bud? I guess he's just sort of, like, dashing through. How far away is that wagon? Uh, that the Esme was is in? in? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um... So if you're dashing, you jumped like off the wall around like 100 feet, right? Yeah. And now you're running another 100 feet and it's only been like 12 seconds. Yeah, you, you could probably get at it if you felt so inclined. Yeah, I think I do feel so inclined. <laughs> you're going to try and get into the Esme wagon? Yeah, I think Jody's going to like try and like get on top and like like basically aggro it. Like not aggro he's not going to attack, but, but he's going to like like basically climbing up onto and be on top of the wagon that's trying to get away. Yeah, absolutely. Jody, because it's within your range and you can just walk yeah. up walls and they all fail their <laughs> opportunities to attack you. Jody's yeah. just standing I think Jody's on like top like of Esme's wagon. Off, like, yeah, exactly. Like sort of like parkour running up and then like perching himself on top of the wagon. Does he do like a cool like wave through like the fucking whatever gaps there are to be like, hello, so that they know that he's there? Um, I, actually, no, I, I don't think he's verbal. I think he's very much sort of like focused on this. They probably heard like a doom, 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 doom. Yeah. And like a sort of like, as he like lands on there. Yeah, yeah. They hear the boy land on the wagon. Nice. Okay, so Jody's on the wagon. What are you guys going to do? Um, I'm going to, if I got down from the ledge, I'm going to get back up there and I'm going to spend three sorcery points and I'm going to twin fireball and just cast two fireballs <laughs> out into that crowd. At the wagon? Oh! <gasps> I probably With can't Jody reach on the top wagon. of it? I mean, you've got, you got 150 feet. 150, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, can definitely do, do it. it. Um, You're on top? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to either take half damage or no damage. Yeah. All right, uh, one's at the okay. wagon. So, and one's at, right. like, the closest now, people to just, the gate. Just on the rules thing... Yeah, you can, yeah, you can only twin, you can't twin fireball. Spells, you can only yeah. twin single target spells. So you could drop a fireball, or you could drop, like, two disintegrates... Uh. Or, no, I'm out of disintegrates. You could do a quick, you could do a quick spell where you do a fireball there, and then you just cast something else, like a cantrip down below. Yep. Nice. Okay, so you're gonna drop a fireball on the wagon that Jody's on. Is the idea that Jody's gonna like somersault off the wagon? <laughs> Wait, Jody's... I can just dodge out of the way. I'm 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 real good at that. Jody, We've established it, we between the separate tongues of fire. <laughs> Jody, take a deck save for me. Yeah, I'd love and that. I guess everyone in the wagon is gonna take a deck save for me. Would it blow the wagon up? How yeah, should I think they it get would. disadvantaged because they can't see? See it coming? Yeah, they definitely yeah. do get disadvantaged. So the fucking pikeman in the wagon failed anyway. Esme passed with her first roll, but on the disadvantage, she rolls. Shit, she's rolling good. God, she definitely passes her save, but she's still going to take some damage, and the wagon is going to get blown apart. So you would see like the wagon blow apart. These pikemen that are on the wagon, like all like you know, roll your damage. But I expect that they're going to die. It's eight d six. Um, it's fourteen uh, plus nine for your boy, so that'll be uh, no damage for Jody. He like, oh dod- dodges God. out of the way. Yeah, Jody, do you want to like somersault off the exploding wagon or what? <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess Judy like backflips off it as it's like sort of like coming in. Surely you're gonna superhero landing with your fist down into Esme's head. <laughs> it's thirty six damage. Yeah, so 36. So all of the pikemen bite it. They all just, like, collapse out of the wagon, like, the 12 of them. And Esme, like, tumbles out of the side as well, but, like, quickly, like, stands up and rolls to her feet and, like, turns back towards the wall. And Jody like, tumbles off on the other side and lands unscathed, still in the thick of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the spell that my cloak casts? Dimension Door. Thanks, fuck. <laughs> I thought it was Misty Step. I just looked it up and I was like, oh, we fucked it hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can teleport just far enough to be absolutely surrounded by two hundred something. Yeah. But no, Dimension Door. I think it. as as Jody <laughs> rolls as well, like upon seeing Esme, he pu- he actually like draws his like staff up and sort of like points it in her direction. Oh shit! He's gonna sacrifice his sanctuary, is it? Well, I mean, he's not making an attack, but he's just sort of like he's aggroing. You know what I mean? Yeah, nice. like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so that's the end of that initiative round. And after two rounds of combat, you all get a message over your sending stone that says. First refugees crossing through now from Garrick. And um, then as that message comes through, you see Esme's eyes open wider and whip around in your direction, Jody, as you've raised your staff at her. And now we're back around to the army at the top of the initiative count who are going to batter at the walls again. And with the disadvantage, they're not going to be able to penetrate this gate. So they're just like fucking battering at the gate. The few arms that are still poking through the gate are like trying to get through with some spears and like try and get it doing calm, but they can't hit them. The people who have to try and decide whether or not they can attack Jody, fuck me, an eight plus whatever their wisdom mod is. So they still can't attack Jody. They're just like, who is this peaceful man? <laughs> And uh, then it's back around to DK. You've got a few arms still sticking through your gate. What are you doing? Hey, Drazzy. Do we jump in there and fuck Esme up? But then we can't have the clean... Yeah, fuck, why not? Because we, we can still delay them by fighting in the middle of them and then and turn their, out turn their attention that way. Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Duncan runs up to where Drazzy is, grabs her... And tactically inserts straight next to Esme. Okay. And that's you would think, action, I suppose. You would think that that would be the end of my turn. <laughs> you would think that. But I then action surge. I love it. And I'm actually going to grapple the fuck out of Esme. Uh huh. Go ahead and make your uh, strength. Uh, what is it? Athletics check for grapple? Um, if I do it with a wrestling manoeuvre, can I get my advantage for lifting? (laughs) I'm gonna say no. (laughs) Okay, I'll look up how grapple works. Use the attack action to make a special melee attack, a grapple attack. If you're able to make multiple attacks with the attack action, the attack replaces one of them. The target of your grapple must be no more than one size larger than you. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, using at least one free hand, you try to seize the target by making a grapple check instead of an attack roll. A strength athletics check contested contested by the target's strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics. Okay, so you just make strength athletics check. If you succeed, then the target is grappled. Okay. So I'm making Esme's dexterity acrobatics check now. Mine actually only comes out to 14 this time. She got a 19, baby! <laughs> Esme, like, fucking somersaults backwards out of your grasp, stands up and wags her finger at you. Like, oh okay, no, well, no, Then don't. I fucking cut her in half with my greatsword. <laughs> <laughs> you lunge forward and attempt to cut at her. Make an attack roll. Fuck me, I'm not rolling very well. Um, that's 17 to hit. Yeah, she's not wearing armor. You, you definitely hit her with 17. Go ahead and roll your damage. Sweet. I'm gonna make that 
a, uh, a menace attack. Okay. Um, so I'm adding my superiority die as well. I guess I have to roll Esme into this initiative count now. <laughs> nice. Um, oh boy, I did not think this was going to happen. <laughs> but I'm not mad about it. Uh, 21 damage on that hit. Yeah, uh, she takes that not too kindly. Like, in her side, the sword, like, catches her in the hip, and she, like, fucking reels to the right a little bit as she's standing there. And now my third attack. Uh, 18 to hit. Fourteen damage. Um, yeah, she definitely is struck by that forty damage as well, and she's now like fucking just like on her like almost on her knees. Like she's hunched over after taking a couple of sword pummelings after like somersaulting away. She's been fireballed, she's been fucking slashed a couple times with her sword. But the thing is that now after DK, it's Esme's <laughs> turn in the initiative count. Can she take a wisdom save to see whether or not she's frightened of me, please? Okay, yep. Because of the messy oh, yeah, attack dude. I just made on it. She is frightened of you, for sure. <laughs> um, and you you look down into Esme's wild eyes as she's fucking seeing her world unravel around her. And, dude, because she's now afraid of you, instead of dropping some bomb-ass magic on you, she instead just yells out, KILL THEM ALL! And then she grabs at the necklace around her throat, and in a flash of blinding white light, the space that used to contain Esme is now empty. And now it's Druzzy and Jody's turn, and I want you to contextualize Druzzy that you just witnessed the uh, series of gestures that Esme made with her hand as she grasped Fuck the yeah. necklace around her throat, and uh, you you saw like the 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 intricate movement of her hand. And being a trained sorcerer, you're good at picking up spells like that. So I'm going to say now. Druzzy knows how to use the necklace. She's, she's had that activated. She's seen what the fucking combination of movements is. Oh boy, I was not expecting that to be how that works. <laughs> Here we are at that point. It's Jody's turn first. You're still standing in the thick of things. You've just seen Esme get dunked on with a sword and near death teleport away. And now Jody's got a chance to do something. Well, I mean, I guess like we're, just, we're still just like, I guess trying to make up time, right? Yeah, I feel like we could kill all... Sorry, um... Yeah, I feel like we could kill a lot more people before we have to get out of here. <laughs> um, I think Jody is just going to try and, yeah, aggro as many people as he, as he can. He's going to take the dodge action again and then step into the fray to provide, like, cover and distraction for his uh, pals. And he's just there, like, staff in hand, almost, like, making more acrobatic and almost, like, more, like, dance-like movements sort of thing. So he's not actually, it's like, like, trying Yoda to strike fighting anyone. Palpatine. Basically, yeah, he, he's just he's just purely being a, d- a distraction and that sort of thing, and trying to like, get as much attention onto dude, him because he knows he's fucking. Take an ac- acrobatics check for me. Okay. Um. Well, that'll be a probably a sixteen plus whatever my sizable amount. Of, sixteen plus nine, so twenty five, baby. Yeah, nice. Okay, so Jody's flipping around, doing like cartwheels, flip flops, the whole the whole lot. <laughs> one off, one after another. <laughs> And then he gets back from getting ice and he sees his wife and his best friend doing number 27, the spread eagle. And, <laughs> and then uh, Jody's flip-flopping around through the front. It's Chicago. Oh, Ben's in love with Chicago at the moment. Um, so yeah, I, I, I basically want to use my action to try and like 
get as much attention on me as possible and yep. then create some uh, advantage or disadvantage for my pals. No, no, what you've done is create disadvantage on the attack rolls against your pals because they're distracted by Jody. Now it's Brazilian's <laughs> turn. You're standing in the thick of things, in the fray. You've got DK there with the battle rage in his eyes. Jody's flipping around all over you and the army is slowly closing in. What do you do? Is it an action or a bonus to use the sending stone? Uh, sending stone, bonus action. All right, I, ch- I tune in and I'm like, how are we doing? How's it, how's it all going? Garrick says, last group getting through now. Okay. I think having heard that over the sending stone... Duncan, as a free action, <laughs> just says, let's just fight till one of us has to get out of here. <laughs> Whoa. DK's got the fury. The fire and the fury at his yeah, command. Right. Every minute we can buy him might save a life. That's true. All right. This is what the fray we're talking about. How to say um. you're a laugh. <laughs> when I go wrong, I lost a friend. <laughs> all, do, all do you just want to target the... Charles Dance figure. Charles Dance. Yeah, I could just cast a spell on him right now because it's my turn. Yeah, let's just fucking ice Charles Dance and let's the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> let's just murder Charles Dance and then Because if we, if, if we kill their identifiable leadership whilst buying time, yeah. that is the best way yeah, for us okay. to save the refugees. I um, use four sorcery points and I quicken Blight, cast it at Charles Dance, and I also hit him with Ray of Frost. Okay, nice. How does Blight work? Uh, 30 feet? Am I close enough? Uh, but, but you could move within range. In order to move within range, you're going to probably have to cop some attack of, attacks of opportunity. Yeah, but disadvantage though, so... Yeah, disadvantage at you. Is that something you want to do, Drazzy? Um, yeah, alright. Alright, so Drazzy cops an attack of opportunity at disadvantage. With disadvantage, it is only a 10, which I assume doesn't hit your AC. So it does because not. of the way that Jody is flipping around, you're able to, like, <laughs> weave in between a few people, like, because you're, you're also a slight lady, like, just fucking duck between a few, to get a clean line on Charles Dance, and then you hit him with the blight. So the target must take a constitution saving throw. Uh, what does he do? Oh my god, he critically fails. <laughs> Give me the damage. Okay, 11, fuck, 13, 20, oh my god, um, 23, 31, is that 8? Yeah, that's yeah, 8. Yeah, that's 8. Is there only 31? 31. Okay. And then you so did Ray of Frost as well, right? Yep. Oh yeah, give me that Ray of Frost, make that attack roll. 15 plus, what, 10 or something like that? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? 25. Yeah, Rem- remembering that you don't have your plus 2. Oh no, you still do, you had all your pieces, never mind. Oh, you, you don't... You just lose plus one because you gave up the arcane amplifier. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So okay. either way, 24 definitely hits 24. the boy. Uh, go ahead and make your... No, it was the difference between 24 and 25, actually. He's got it 25 would, It would be 1d8 as well because of the level you're at. It'll be... We're at 11. Yeah, and also because it's ice damage, you'll get your charisma modifier. 14. Plus your charisma. 5. Yeah. So 19? 19. 19 damage. Okay, so that's 50 damage all up. I think you see Charles Dance, like, reel back on his horse and, like, <gasps> suck in a deep breath of air. And he, like, sort of, like, collapses on his horse a bit. But he's still conscious. He's still there. He's just looking extremely woozy. And then it's the army's turn who are going to make disadvantage attack rolls against... Well, first they're going to see whether they can attack Jody. Wisdom saving throw. Fuck! <laughs> It's a four, plus their wisdom modifier, so not going to do it. Um, then they're going to make a disadvantage attack roll against Duncan. Disadvantage against Duncan, it is 15? No, dude, come on. <laughs> disadvantage against Druzzy. Oh, fuck, it was a nat 20 brought down to just an unnatural 20. Uh, so that's going to be a big hit on Druz. Yep. 
A couple of swordsmen move in on Drazilia and slash down at her, and she takes 25 slashing damage as a couple of blades scrape across her skin. Then it is... Whose turn? DK's turn. Me. And <laughs> what I'm going to do uh, is Charles Dance within my move. Uh, I said he was within 30 feet if Druzzy moved, so no, he's not going to be within your move. But you could get within range to like huck something at him or shoot him with a bow or something. Well... Uh, Duncan, thinking his cloak works, oh my God. Uh, I didn't want to have to bring this up, but I feel like this is what he would do yeah, and yeah, I should, yeah. uh, uses what I can only assume is an action to try and activate his cloak to jump yeah. to Charles Dance. Yeah, this is the moment where he realises. He tries <laughs> to swing his cloak around to, like, to yeah. dimension door over <sighs> and, and, like, so many people watching... <laughs> <laughs> watching. It's so embarrassing. I think you have to take psychological damage for that. <laughs> yeah. D- um, DK, take, you know what? take I'll, four I'll take a wisdom damage. save. Uh, d- can yeah, I take okay. a wisdom save? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah take a wisdom um, save, and if you pass, you don't take four psychic damage. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on. Oh, Come on. The four damage is really going to do it as well. Yeah. Okay, no. I only rolled a four. Yep, yep. Go ahead and take that yep. four psychic damage from okay. embarrassment. <laughs> Where's my eight pencil? Stop stealing my things. Sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, that's DK, I guess. <laughs> um, well, no, I'm going to move towards him as well. Okay, okay. So you move towards him. So now you're, if you, on your next turn, you'll be able to get there. But then it's Jody's turn. Go on. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jody's probably just going to break his whole thing that he's been doing uh, and rush on over and then using his inspiration is going to oh, um, put a stunning strike on this boy. So you can dash for free, right, Jody? Um, uh, I can if I burn a key point. I'm, I'm yeah. not. I, I, I've got 50 feet, so... Sure. I, I, I don't think 50 feet would get you there because it was like Druzzy had to move to get within 30. I'm not sure 50 feet really gets you there. All right. Well, I'll, I'll dash for free then. Okay. Take your key point dash. Um, I am going to do a wisdom save to see if these boys can attack of opportunity you. Oh, All fuck! Right. 21, bitch! All right. Ro- ro- roll to attack me then. Fine. <laughs> Finally. These, these boys try and like attack Jody's moves past. Okay. That is 22. All right. Go for it. Okay, Jody uh, dashes through the crowd to try and... Wait, you haven't done an offensive action yet, have you? Oh, no, no. that's why they had to wisdom save. Yeah, okay. So Jody uh, dashes through the crowd towards Charles Dance. As he moves past one boy, the spell is broken. And the, the boy's like, hey, we can just hit him! And then, like, strikes out at Jody for a paltry 17 slashing damage. Oof. Yeah, um, now you're over at Charles Dance. Stunning strike, make your attack roll. So it's 25? Yeah, that definitely does it. That'll do it, right? Um, can he take a con save for me? He sure can. Uh, 16. Fuck me. Yeah. But you still hit him, right? Yeah, still hit him. Um, He's pretty woozy. Great. So that's uh, 11 damage on that first one, and then I'll attack yep. him again. Do it. Um, well, that one will be a th- uh, 29 to hit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that'll be just 9 damage. Yeah, so was that another 20? So that's 70. Yep, okay, okay. He's very nearly there when it's Drazilia's turn. I guess I run towards where the others are. Okay, Duncan's kind of nearish you, and Jody's like a little bit behind you, and Jody's like over at Charles Dance. I mean, you could call us over in preparation for next turn when we get the fuck out of here. Yep, okay, I do that. Um, Okay. Boys, get over here. (laughs) We out. (laughs) But you have to also kill Charles Dance. Yep. not going anywhere. I... But you got it. You can kill Charles Dance. Yeah, I got got it. We believe in you. You can (laughs) kill Charles Dance if you want to. (laughs) Just don't Uh, leave him behind him. See, yes, see, that was hard. <laughs> that was hard as fuck. <laughs> can you jump out of the way of a cone of cold? Uh, I mean, if, it's a, if there's a save involved, I sure can. 
Maybe the fucking Kona Cold. I'm gonna get fucking that town. I'm gonna get Charles Dance with the Kona Cold and as many of these surrounding boys as I can. Oh, I love that. Okay, so what is it? Deck saves. Deck save from the boys is natural twenty. Deck save from Charles Dance. (sighs) is a five. So Charles Dance gets blasted. All of the boys around him, like, leap out of the way and only get caught in half the cone. Jody, give me that deck save. As you know, it's a 26, baby. Don't worry about it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead and, and roll that damage, Jesse. 12. 20. Jesus. 31. <laughs> 47? 47? Plus yeah, dude, five. Yeah, yep, you it's blast Charles Dance's limp corpse backwards off the horse <laughs> that it was mounted on, and he just goes like pinwheeling through the air back into the walls of Espera. And uh, the boys around him, some of them get got by the cold, uh, and some of them have managed to leap out of the way. And now we're back around to the army, who uh, once more attack all of you. Jody's no longer providing distractions. So against Duncan, it's. 22. Against Jody, it's 20. Against Brasilia, it's 24. So I imagine that's going to be a hit on all of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, so DK. DK takes 29 slashing damage. Druzzy what takes... Druzzy takes 22 slashing damage. Oh, God. And Jody takes... Oh, that's bad. 25 slashing damage. So the army's closed in on you at this point. You've killed Charles Dance. They charge at you and fucking slash down at all three of you, having uh, broken your defensive formation in order to make this big attack. And now it's Duncan's turn. Well, um, the first thing Duncan does, uh, which he doesn't really do, he just kind of like has a moment of epiphany because he, he just embarrassed himself in front of an army of people despite his low-key desire to one day be a performer. <laughs> it was so embarrassingly took four psychic damage after, sa- after failing on wisdom save. And honestly, it broke his heart. Then the army physically attacked him with weapons and it was so much more painful that what Duncan <laughs> realised is that sticks and stones may break oh, his bones God. but words would never uh, hurt him. And in that moment of realization, he actually realizes what his secret feat was. Um, which, oh, from two uh, episodes ago. <laughs> the secret feat that I bring up every episode so that we don't forget it's there. And at the moment, I'm just trying to remember where in the book the feats are. Oh, but don't worry, I've already decided which one it is. He actually just realized the feat he took was resilient. And he, because he takes resilient, he gets to increase his wisdom score by one. From 12 up to 13, which does nothing to the modifier, but I'm just doing this for the character. It's flavor. flavor. Yeah. It's yeah. flavor. He also now gets proficiency in wisdom saves, which means that he'll get the proficiency bonus of four plus his wisdom. So he now gets plus five to wisdom saves instead of plus one to wisdom saves. Pretty so busy. basically what that means is if he ever goes to embarrass himself again, and he'll be a lot better at yeah. the wisdom save. Oh, that's not, nice. Um, that's just a nice little character moment yeah, in the yeah. middle of a heated battle. Uh, that's really... Uh, that's where Duncan does all his soul searching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always in the heat of battle. Yeah. Uh, adversity helps him grow. Are we at the bug out moment? Uh, probably. Just about. Yep. I mean, imagine Duncan's heading back. I think, I think back Duncan to... then drops dead in line with Druzzy back to back, maybe nice. keeps one hand on her shoulder as he's haphazardly, presumably with disadvantage, swinging a greatsword around one hand to fend off um, the fuckboys.
convoys of an army mm-hmm, around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Jody... Which I guess counts as, like, a um, dodge action. Yeah. And then okay. Jody is probably, uh, yeah, disengaging to avoid her tax of opportunity and then just, like, gunning it straight for Druzzy. Like, like okay. to, to, like, link arms, basically, as she... And she does yeah. the damn thing. Jody disengages and gets back to Druzzy. DK takes a dodge and walks over to Druzzy. The three of them are standing back to back to back, surrounded by enemies on all sides, although certainly less than when they started. The gate to Esper is oh partially dispatched. Are you Charlie turn. and we're the angels? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Elva is Charlie. Charlie. Uh, nice. I thought Charles Dance was Charlie. Only <laughs> <laughs> to his friends. Free roaming angels now. <laughs> All right, Josie, it's your turn. I spookity spat the magic spell on the <laughs> necklace. <laughs> Do the okay. Esme thing and see if it works. You grab your necklace containing a piece, the one that you've seen in your visions around Dandela's neck, one similar to one that you've seen in the real world twice now around both Valeria and Esme's necks, and you perform the series of hand gestures that you saw Esme make right now, just before she disappeared a scant 20 seconds ago. And... You begin to feel yourselves... Well, it's probably a familiar sensation. I mean, all three of you at this point have been through web obelisks several times. And this feels kind of like that, but emanating from Drasilia's necklace. And then before you know it, you're just in the web. All three of you just standing in the web on some part of ground not near an obelisk. And as you're standing there in the web, catching your breath, you see, approaching with incredible speed, a Cine transport tube. And it approaches, stops suddenly. There's almost like a like pneumatic piston noise as the door rolls down to reveal an empty but active Cine transport tube. And you hear a very, very crackly, staticky message over your sending stones to the effect of your rides here How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister and Jackson Newsett editing by Ben McAllister you can find details of all the music in the show notes We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.